know what I think it needs? It needs, it's called gated reverb. That's what that piano needs for that song. That's how you get that, um, what's that one song? I can feel it coming in the That song, the drum, you know how the drum, the drum in that song's got I that I can like, feel it <laughs> coming in the air It needs that sound. The piano, when it hits that bass, oh Lord. it needs that. Gated I've reverb. been waiting for this moment. <laughs> oh Lord, oh Lord. Well, uh, you told me you were drowning. <laughs> I would not lend a hand. I've seen your face before, my friend. But I don't know if you know. Well, I remember, I remember, don't I worry, 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 worry. I gotta go to the store again. Hopefully only one set. Oh, I know the reason why you keep it silent so, so, so. No, you don't hear me. Does it show? But the pain still What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Oh, how precious is the flow. No other found I know. Hallelujah. God bless you. Glad to have you here. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash me from cancer? Help me, Lord. Nothing but the blood. Come on, y'all. Stand up now. I need this. I need this attention today. If we was anywhere else in the old school, they closed the door until prayer was over. But I need all that attention. Come on. What can wash me from my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Listen to the words, not my song, my singing. Nothing, Nothing but, but the, the blood, blood of Jesus. Sister Lily, if you're watching on today, what can wash away cancer? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Brother Fred, Brother Randy, what can wash away bad backs? Come on, y'all. Nothing, Nothing but, but the blood, blood of, of Jesus. Jesus. What can wash away addictions? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There was power. There's power in his blood, power. saints. If you don't know nothing else, you better believe the blood of Jesus washes away everything. Hallelujah. It washes away everything. Yes, Lord. It cleanses us. It purifies us. It makes us white as snow. Hallelujah. And my prayer on today, Father, is that your people get a hold of the blood, the blood of Jesus. Yeah. No on, matter Jesus. what we're going through, Father, that we are cleansed. No matter yeah. what we feel in our bodies, all we got to say is the blood of Jesus. Hello. The blood of Jesus purifies. It heals. It delivers. And it sets free. Hallelujah, Father God. I pray that you set people free on today and this day for it. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. We pray all these things. We speak the blood of Jesus in our lives on today. Hallelujah. And guess Hallelujah. what? The blood of Jesus can wash away COVID too. The Amen. Blood, the, blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus.
of the king So we can stand and fight the enemy The weapons they may form, they won't succeed We all ready to clear the victory The redeemed of the Lord tell the stories
real quick I don't know if y'all already know but we got an amazing discipleship team that's been going through discipleship here in 2021 if I can go and get my disciples to stand up where y'all at and we got some gifts we got some certificates to give out today they just got through one of their classes called anger and personal rights amen so we want to make sure we give respect where respect is due I'm gonna call your name up all you got to do is come up and grab it real quick Shaquita Rucker are you in the building Shaquita We'll make sure to get hers on Tripalicia Hayes. Where you at, girl? Come on up. Dee Dee. Come on up, Dee Dee. Where you at, girl? Hey, let's go. Nicole Eagle, you in the building, Nicole? All right, Tamika. Where you at, Tamika? Don't hurt nobody now. Don't hurt nobody coming up. All right, who we got? Curtis, where you at, Kurt? Big C, dog. We appreciate you, brother man. Making moves over there on the cameras. Hey, Antonio, you in the building, Antonio? Where you at, Antonio? Hey, he got 60 days clean, though, know that. Bonnie, you in here, Bonnie? William Stokes. I think that brother's in here somewhere. Where you at, William? He might be outside smoking as well. He good people, though. Where you at, William? I put you on blast. Hey. And uh, Rebecca, last but not least, Rebecca, you in the building. All right, y'all, give it up for the 2021 disciple right here, y'all. Ah, you good people, though. We're going to go into announcements real quick. Come on now. All right. Hey, give it up for the disciples one more time. Woo! Hey! Hey, y'all, discipleship ain't easy. That's a big accomplishment, getting through one class, amen? I'm proud of y'all. Y'all keep doing the, doing the God's work, amen? My name is Veronica, and I'll be doing the announcements today. How y'all doing today? Hey, I like that. Y'all really uh, sound how y'all look good up in here today, okay? All right, I'm going to do the announcements. We have uh, on Tuesday, say Tuesday. Y'all got it. Tuesday, we have men and women's group at 6.30. So y'all at home, 
Come through. We got food, fun, and Jesus. It don't get no better than that. Food, fun, and Jesus. Amen. Amen. Tell a friend, bring a friend. It don't cost nothing to get in. Amen. All right. And then on Thursday, say Thursdays, we have Overcomers Night. Y'all got to give it up for Overcomers Night. I'm talking about them testimonies will set you free. It will break them chains. Amen. Come through on Thursday, 7 o'clock for Overcomers Night. Amen. Then we got Friday. Say Friday. Friday night prayer. I'm telling y'all, the Lord said this house should be called a house of prayer. Amen. This is a house of prayer. Amen. After prayer on Fridays, we go out to the street and we minister to God's people. Amen. Be a part of the change. Be the difference that you want to see. Amen. All it takes is you. Don't worry about everybody else. You just do what you can do. Amen. So come through Friday night at 6 o'clock. Amen. And then we got our lovely service on Sunday at 11.30, all right? Y'all make sure y'all come through, get more involved in the ministry this year, amen? Be intentional about your life and about your mission, amen? Because God not going to ask you what did everybody else do. He going to ask you what did you do to help, amen? What did you do with your gift of life, amen? So make sure this year you're being intentional about how you spend it, amen? All right, is there any new visitors? New visitors, please stand. I know it's some new visitors, stand on up. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. We wanna give you guys a warm ICCM Life Center welcome. Please follow Sister Michelle right here, going out there, she got a gift for y'all. New visitors, meet her out there in the front, please. She got a gift for you. Everybody like gifts, don't be shy. That's right, go ahead, it's free. It's not a trick. <laughs> All right, y'all. Now I'm going to uh, go ahead into tithes and offering. Let's prepare our hearts. Amen. The scripture I'm going to be reading from is uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Not a piece, not a portion. It says the full, right? That there may be food in my house and that and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Did y'all hear what he said? He said, test me. He dare you. He dare you to bring your full tithe into the storehouse and watch. Don't he bless you to the point where you have no more need in that area. Amen. Trust God. Test him. Dear Father God, I just ask today that you touch hearts, Lord, that you, that you give these people the reassurance of your word, Lord, that you will fill them up, Father God. You will fill their hearts, fill their refrigerators, fill their houses with whatever it is that they need, Lord. Lord, I just want to pray for the people who don't have it to give today, Father God, that you will meet them in their needs today, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for the gift of life today, Father God, and thank you for being able to give our gifts, our talents, our money, God. Lord, I just ask that you accept our offering and multiply it tenfold in Jesus' name. Amen.
are dismissed. Go to the back stairwell and praise dance time. Morning. Good morning. So, I'm going to be doing a praise dance this morning, and before I start, I'm just going to give you a short understanding of why I'm doing this dance, okay? Um, 
I believe it was Monday, I text Pastor, I was like, and I didn't want to, but God led me to do it, and I asked um, if I could do this dance today. And through the process of me getting to today, I almost texted her to cancel it, but she don't know that. But anytime God wants you to do something, you're going to have some chaos and confusion that will happen before you even get there. This song that I'm doing, God put it in my spirit when he asked me to text it to somebody. He asked, and I, when he asked me to text it to somebody, I told him, I said, God, isn't this a worldly song? And he said, no, it's not. He said, I give her the lyrics, so it's my song. And it's really not a worldly song. I just saw it like that, right? It is not. It is God's words. And when he told me to text this young lady, she was going through a lot. She was tired. She was weary. She was just going through a lot. And she just was grateful. And she said she just played it over and over and over. The song is called I'll Rise Up. I don't know if you all know it. It's called I Rise Up. And before I dance, I just want to give you the, the words, just some of the words. So it's not about my dancing. I want you to understand that. It is what God wants to do right now, right? So the word is, you are broken down and tired. Who's broken down and tired, right? Of living this life on a merry-go-round. And you, don't, you, can't, you can't find the fighter. But I see it in you, so we're going to walk it out. The next verse says, when silence isn't quiet, when, you think, when you're laying in bed, right? Someone see you and you look silent, but you, it's not quiet. Your mind is racing, right? You're thinking about all the things that is going on in your life. And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe. And I know you feel like dying, but I promise we will take this world to its, its feet. God is saying, I know all those things happen in your life. But I will move mountains. And you will rise up. So don't focus on the dance. Focus on what God is about to do. If it's just one person that received this, I'm praying for that in Jesus' name. Amen.
used to spend my nights down at the barroom. Liquor was the only love I'd known. But you rescued me from reaching the bottom.
wanna, wanna go, go, wanna go, wanna go. I wanna know, wanna know, wanna know.
me, breathe on me, fill this place with the breath of heaven, breathe on me, breathe on me, fill this place with the breath of heaven. tragic death of George Floyd, the Life Center wanted to show up and be there for our community. Pastor Monica led a team to worship in the middle of the riots and the chaos. God moved powerfully as many people encountered the presence of God and sensed his peace. The Life Center also brought together both urban and suburban churches for a worship march. From the Life Center all the way to 38th in Chicago, there were hundreds of people united together, worshiping God, allowing his presence to move over the streets of Minneapolis. Because of COVID, we weren't able to send our kids and teens to camp at Lake Geneva, but we pivoted and decided to host summer camp for two weeks in July at the Life Center. We hosted kids camp and teens camp, and over 100 kids were able to come. Our kids had
Amen. Y'all can go ahead and stand to your feet and let's give some noise in this place. God is doing something new, and I hope you want to be a part of it. Amen. Here at ICCM Life Center, we do life. Amen. Amen, y'all. Go ahead, sit on down. Sit on down. My name is Chris Bellinger. I'm one of the ministers here at ICCM Life Center. I'm going to share a thought this morning. Is that all right? All right. So just check out some of the stuff we did last year, y'all, with COVID. Say, with COVID. With COVID, we adjusted our ministry, guys. We adjusted our ministry. Our pastor did our daily encouraging videos. She did about 70 of them, right, Pastor? All right, my bad. There's about 87, about 98 of them, right, Pastor? <laughs> we partnered with Loaves and Fishes, and we started handing out 700 meals per week for the last almost 12 months, guys. Come on now. We're going to the streets. We're handing it out at the front door. We're meeting the need of our community. We're doing the visits. We go to people's houses every Wednesday and come pray with them, asking them, do you need groceries? Do you need something to eat? We'll bring it by for you with some prayer. We were handing out gourmet pizzas, right, Pastor? I had me a few of them, know that. We had our groceries. And then our kids camp. We did our own kids camp, our own youth camp here, right here at ICCM Life Center. We got the money to build our parking lot right across the street, and that ain't cheap, y'all. We did our Thanksgiving giveaways, our Christmas outreaches. We provided over 300 turkeys, fed over thousands of families. We provided groceries. We gave away toys at Christmas time. We kicked off our advanced discipleship class, Pastor Moni, OG in the building. Men's and women's group were on point. They lit. Big shout out to Veronica and all she do. Amen. We got our new discipleship class, guys. New. And then our Friday nights have exploded, guys. We're going out to seven different locations every Friday night, bringing the love of Jesus and letting them know that somebody cares for them. Amen? Amen? Pastor says this is our word for, 220, for 2021. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Scripture says, but forget about all that. Say that one more time. Forget about 2020. Uh, Y'all ain't hearing me. Forget about 2020 and all that God has done. It's nothing compared to what he's going to do. For I'm about to do something new. Say something new. Say something new. See, haven't I already began? This is scripture, guys. Do you not see it? I'm making a pathway through the wilderness. I'm creating rivers and dry wasteland. God is doing something new in 2021. You better jump on and ride it out because it's happening right now, guys. Pastor says, turn down for what? <laughs> Big shout out to Pastor Moni, the OG in the building, y'all. We got PC in the house, too. Look at how pretty over there. He don't like to be pretty. I mean, he's tough. Big PC in the building as well, guys. Shout out to all the staff members that made this possible, all the volunteer workers, all the disciples, all the leaders. And big shout out to God who made it all possible. And it's just the beginning. Say, it's just the beginning. Amen. 
And what I want to talk about today, guys, is what I believe in not only myself, and I imagine some people in this room that need a little help to get themselves through 2021, so that way this year will be way better than last year. And I think the biggest setback for Christians, and I'm talking to believers now, talking to believers, the biggest setback for us sometimes is unforgiveness. All right, y'all ain't getting no amen on that one, but it's all good. <laughs> unforgiveness, guys. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. Is that all right? All right now. In order for us to walk in what God has in store for us in 2021, you better have gotten a 2020 vision. Your vision better be 2020 from 2020. You better be able to see, understand that vision is what can be. Vision of, is what can be, and sight is what is. Scripture says we walk by faith and not by, come on now, y'all, preach to me. It's the walk by faith that we have to do, and hopefully in 2020, God gave you a different perspective. He's giving you a different outlook on life and what is important. I hope he did. If not, we need a, we need a little bit more time than this hour, all right? And what, how important it is to your finances, for your children, how important you are to your spouse, and to your health. Hopefully 2020 gave you an insight and have a paradigm shift in what's important. And for me, I want to live my best life. Say it to me. I want to live my best life. I want to live my best life and making the attempt to do God's business is the best thing I can do. I understand that it's not going to be easy and I understand that I'm not perfect, but if I chase after perfection, notice I'm going to catch excellence. I don't think y'all heard me on that one. If I chase after perfection, best believe, I'm going to catch excellence, guys. And excellence is having, doing the best of what you have, where you are right now. So even though we can't be perfect, that we chase after God, our job is to get better. Someone say better. better. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and calm it down a little bit. Here we go. So the, the scripture I'm going to use today, guys, and if you don't got a Bible, it's all right. I know you got a phone in your hand. Hopefully you can pull it up on the Internet. We're going to pull it up on the screen for you, too. Matthew 22. Hold on, my bad. You good. You good back there. It's 18. But the, the number one thing, we, before I get into that, the number one thing we have to learn how to do is love. Scripture says the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Amen. The first is, is as great as the second. To love yourself as you love your neighbor, guys. And we're going to go into that. I'm speaking about unforgiveness. For the last few weeks, pastor's been talking about Satan's dirty little secrets. Someone say Satan's dirty little secrets. And the title of this message today is Unforgiveness, the Killer from the Inside Out. Unforgiveness, the Killer from the inside out. So y'all going to read through this scripture. Y'all hopefully read with it. We're going to bring in God's word today. Put it up on the screen for us, Brother Mike. Up here on these screens. That'll be amazing. Let me know when we got it so we can do it together. Scripture says how good and perfect it is when brothers dwell in unity. That's why when we read the word, we read it together so we both get the information. That way it's not me saying this. Amen? All right. So this is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Parable of the unforgiving servant. Here we go. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I don't say you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. <laughs> Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle account with his servants. 
And when he began to settle his accounts, one, of, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Say 10,000 talents. All right, remember that. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife, his children, and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down from before him, saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Verse 28. Verse 28. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Say a hundred denarii. All right. And he laid his hands on him. This is scripture now, guys. This ain't me. He laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, run them pockets. All right. This is a little different. Pay me what you owe me. All right. Now, this is scripture now. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet. And began begging him, have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not. But when he threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that, what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. Then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant. I forgave you of the debt because you begged me, bro. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant? Just as I have pity on you. And the master was angry. So the heavenly, this is what verse 30, 30, 30, 35. All right, appreciate you. Oh, no, 34, 34. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Say torturers. We're going to talk about that. Until he pay all that was due to him. This is Jesus now, guys. So my, my heavenly father will also do it to you. Let me read that one more time. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Y'all want to go ahead and just bow our heads. Can you pray for me as I pray for y'all? Is that okay? So father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Allow it to come out with power and precision. Allow it to fall on our souls as seed on, on fertile soil. Let it increase 30, 60, and 100 fold. And allow it to change us, oh God. From the inside out. Amen. All right. So again, Satan's one of his strongest things that he has over believers. I'm talking to believers. One of the strongest holds he has over us is unforgiveness. It's one of Satan's dirty little secrets. And we're here to expose them today. Amen. What does unforgiveness do? Let's just break that down real quick. This is just physical. I ain't even going into the spiritual. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Unforgiveness is when you're unable or unwilling to forgive someone for hurting, betraying, breaking your trust, or causing intense emotional pain. Study shows 61% of cancer patients have unforgiveness issues. People often get angry for any reason, have issues associated with unforgiveness. Low self-esteem, lack of self-love, stems from not forgiving yourself and others. Bitterness, which brings depression, constant worry increase, sleep deprivation, anxiety, increased blood pressure and heart disease. The word forgiven, the Greek means to leave, to let alone, to set away, forsake, to let expire, to let out. We get our word exhale from it, meaning to get out of you what's not supposed to be in you. 
There's this neuroscience, neurologist, he got me, Pastor, neurologist, neuroscience, study the brain, right? Her name is Carolyn Leaf, and she studies the brain of the nervous system and how it interacts with the body. And she's a believer as well. She wrote this book called Who Switched Off My Brain? And her study reveals that every time you think of a negative thought, your brain grows these brain stems in your brain, in your brain that looks like bushels that has thorns on them that releases toxins. You can Google it, you YouTube it right now. This is science. So every time you think of a negative thought, your brain grows these brain stems that look like a bushel that has thorns that releases this toxin that breaks down your immune system that literally kills you. And every time you think of a negative thought that associates to that negative thought, it gets bigger. And then when you think of a negative thought, it grows another. And if you think of a negative thought that associates to that, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. You're killing yourself from the inside out. Now let's talk about what God says about unforgiveness, all right? Y'all with me on this? Well, we already know the Lord's Prayer. We can all say it in our sleep, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Hey, y'all said it. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. I'm going to keep going, guys. For if you forgive other people with they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So if I don't forgive, what does that mean? Mark 11:25. and whenever you stand in prayer, this is prayer. For some of y'all ain't getting y'all answers in prayer, unforgiveness. If anyone stands in prayer, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. One more, we're going to do a few more. Matthew 7, this is the good one right here. Do not judge others or you'll be judged, for you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you're judging is a standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you, log, when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see the past the log in your own eye? This is scripture. It says, you hypocrite. It says, you hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. One more, one more. This is a good one now. Luke 6.35, this is all biblical now. This ain't me, I promise. Judge not. This is what it says now. Judge not, or you shall be judged. Condemn not, or you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, be put into your bosom. From with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I should be able to stop right here. I should be able to stop right here, and I hope you got the point. 2021, say unforgiveness. All right, I appreciate you, Tamika. One more time. 2021, unforgiveness. Gotta go. One more time. Unforgiveness. Gotta go. There we go. Y'all preaching now. So the question isn't, will we be offended? Because Scripture says offense is going to come. And if you're going to do anything great, you're going to get offended, unless you don't want to be great, and that's between you and God. But we're here today to give you some information so we all can be great together. Amen? So how do we handle it? We can't stop offense, but it determines in how we respond to it. Now let's dig into this scripture real quick, and I'm going to get out y'all way, all right? 
So Matthew 16, again, I'm just going to go through this. The Peter came to him and said to him, Lord, how often shall I forgive, forgive my brother? Or how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to 70 times. And Jesus said to him, I don't say to you up to 70 times, but up to 70 times seven. But my math, that's 490. And it wasn't the fact that Jesus was just telling them, this is what you got to do. You got to keep count for every time you get offended by the same person all day long. And now if that's something that's happening, again, this ain't going to be enough time today to help you out. Amen. But what he was doing, he was, he was testing the heart of Peter. In order for Peter to fulfill his divine destiny in God, he could not allow anything to slow him down. He couldn't allow any stumbling block to stop him from going for what God had in store for him. So scripture tell Peter, now Peter wasn't no soft dude. This was a sailor. He, he was a, a fisherman. He was a child of a fisherman. His lineage was fisherman. He was a tough guy. And if you know anything about sailors, they ain't no punks. So Peter was asking him, how many times do I got to forget this dude before I put my hands on him? This is real. And it's the same thing today, amen? Hey, the people just as it was yesterday is the same as people are today. Don't get it twisted. So what we have to learn how to do is how do we, how do we get over offense? And I think it's the best way. you got to categorize the people that come into your life. All right? There's three different types of people that you'll encounter. There's constituents, there's comrades, and then there's confidants. I would write this down if you've never heard this before. All right, constituents. <laughs> All right, Brother William. We, gonna, we got it on live, though. You'll be able to re-listen to it. Give it up for Brother William in our discipleship classes, Tamika them. I've been working with them, y'all. Pray for me now. <laughs> so a Conrad, a Conrad, these are the people that are not for you, nor are they for what you're for, but they're against what you're against. So these are Conrads. They will be on the team with you to help you fight a greater enemy, but don't be confused by their association. They only be with you until the victory is accomplished. They come into your life to fulfill a purpose. They come into your life to fulfill a purpose. These are our Conrads, constituents. All right, constituents. They are, for, they, are, they are for what you are for. So again, Conrads are against what you are against. Constituents are for what you are for. As long as you are for what they're for, they'll walk with you, they'll work with you, they'll labor with you. But never think that they're for you. I hope you wrote that down. They are for what you're for. You have to know that because it, if they meet someone else that will further their agenda, they will leave you and hook up with them because you were, they were never for you. Y'all with me? All right. Big shout out. I see you, Marcel. So the last one is confidant. Say confidant. All right. Now, these are the people in your life that love you. Pastor talked about it last week unconditionally. Agape-type love. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, right or wrong, up or down, they are for you. They're in it for the long haul. You get in trouble, they're going to be with you. Where we going? You call them up. You already know. Your old dude says something. You ready to come out? All right, ladies, calm down now. <laughs> When you get into trouble, they'll be there for you. They'll come see you in the jailhouse. They'll come get you out the crack house. You can open up and share anything with a confidant. But the thing about it, you might only meet two or three in a lifetime. You might already met them and kicked them to the curb for whatever reason. 
So our job is to understand the types of people that comes into our lives and put them into the right category. So that way, if you're confiding in a, into a comrade or constituent and they throw it in your face, that's your fault. Is that okay? I didn't get an amen on that one. I said, if you tell a constituent or a comrade your personal information and they throw it in your face, that's your fault. You put them in the wrong category of your life. Don't make a mistake and do that, guys. Verse 23, we're going to keep going. I got a little time left. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. I'm continuing the scripture. And when he began to settle his accounts, one brought to him one who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was unable to pay his master's command that he, that he be sold with his wife, his children, and all that he had to be and that the payment be made. Listen to this, guys. Everything you're attached to, everyone you're connected to, you impact. Fathers, husbands, your home is your sanctuary. If you live in unforgiveness, you're going to teach your wife how to live in unforgiveness. You're going to teach your children how to live in unforgiveness. And this scripture says that your whole lineage is going to be wiped out. This is scripture now. I'm just saying, I'm just speaking scripture here, guys. Don't, don't beat up the messenger. And when you're living a life of unforgiveness, again, it impacts everything you're connected to negatively. Bad attitudes is contagious. People who gossip, complain, are not fun to be around. If they complain about others to you, best believe they're complaining about you to others. Parents, teach your children. Not everyone's going to like them. Set them up for success before they leave your house. Everyone's not going to like them. How you, how, how you think of others, or I'm sorry, everyone's not going to like. you got to make sure your, teacher, your children understand that at an early age. That way they're not worried about other people's opinions about what they need to do with their life. Sitting here worried about how so-and-so worried about how they dressing and how their hair is done. I pour so much love into my girls and my son, they don't need love from no one else but God. You hear me? Teach your children how to put the people in the right category at an early age. Verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Now check this out. Check this brother out here though. But the servant, the same guy that got forgave, Went out and found one of his fellows. This dude went and looked for somebody right away. As soon as he got released, he busts out the Lord looking for somebody. Who owed me some money? He found a dude that owned him a hundred denarii. Scripture said he laid his hands on him. You got to be pretty serious when you start choking brothers and talking about give me my money. That's some real business right there. You've been doing that for a while. That wasn't his first time having to choke this man out. And the scripture says, run them pockets. I didn't say it. That scripture said, run them pockets and give me the money. You owe me. Scripture, y'all. <laughs> y'all still love me. Y'all good? So again, but the, verse 28, but that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Say a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. Now, isn't that petty? Say to your neighbor, neighbor, don't be petty. One more time. Say, neighbor. Don't be petty. Let's break this down a little bit real quick so you understand what petty is. That denarii is about one denarii. Listen, guys. 
One denarii is about a day's worth of wages. So he owed a hundred of them. So he owed about a hundred days worth of wages to this dude. That was a dude that owned a hundred denarii, about, about eight grand in today's money is what it tells us. One talent is 6,000 denarii. One talent is 6,000 denarii. Dude owed 10,000 talents. That's 4.7 billion. Say it with me. 4.7? 4, 4. One more time. We got to sound better than that. 4.7? Billion. Dude owed 4.7 billion, 200,000 years of labor is what he owed this guy. 200,000. I didn't say 200. 200,000. Years of labor, that's about 60 million working days, working six days a week. This guy owed this dude. And he forgot, forgave him for, for the 10,000. And he couldn't forget this dude for 100 denarii. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, yeah. don't, be don't be petty. Remember this, guys. God forgave us for so much. He paid a debt that we can't even imagine. He overpaid the debt. And we're going to be petty and worry about somebody not saying hi to us on Sunday morning? You're going to be petty and worry about somebody not calling you when you thought they were supposed to call you? You're going to be petty and hold on to unforgiveness for what happened to you as a kid? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. But it's petty compared to what God has forgiven us for. It's petty. I know it hurts. I know it hurts because I've been there. I lost my mom when I was 16. She had a cirrhosis of the liver. She was 42. And she had diabetes, she had mental illness, she was a schizophrenic, she was overweight, she lived in, it was just, she was a very depressed woman, Native American, lover to death, her name was Mona. She died when she, I was 16, and uh, they brought her into a hospice, they brought her into my grandma's house. And the thing about my mom, she got sick a lot, so she always got better. She would binge drink, they will go on like three-day drinking spells and drinking uh, extra dry gin and, and uh, Coke 45. That's... <laughs> They would go on benches three, four days, and then she would rest for about a week. So I was used to her being sick. But this one time she got sick, I thought she was going to get better. And keep in mind, I was a teenager, so I treated her bad. Do the dishes, bro. I'm about to go smoke this joint. Do what? Do what? I'm about to go hang out with this girl. 16. And I had a son on the way. I had to sit there and watch her, let her last breath go. Hating her the whole time, watching her. Hated her guts for what she had put us through with her husband, an ex-pimp from the 70s. Henry Jenkins, sorry, Henry, you good people though. <laughs> Having living with a person that's sitting there just hoarding over you the whole time, watching him fight with my fist fights with my sisters. Watching him cheat, catching him cheating on my mom. I, I hated her for allowing him to do what he did to us growing up. And I hated her till the day she let the last breath out of her lungs. And I was in shock when she died. I thought she was going to get better. And all I could do was just cry. And I was at my grandma's house on the reservation, and all these native people are looking at me. Let this, they think I'm grown at 15, 16. What's this grown man crying for? This is my mom. And they didn't even know who I was, and this is my family. So I had to watch her give her last breath, hating her, hating for what she did to us. And then after she died, I ended, up, I ended up beating myself up for years for the way I treated her. Reminding myself of the storm of life over and over and over and over. The things that I did to hurt her. 
and I just couldn't let it go. But somebody say, but God. But God. But God. But God. I got, once I got saved, God moved all of that out of me. I used to look at my brother and say, I have this void that I can't fill. And we used to have after-after parties. We used to club Thursday or Wednesday through Sunday. And I was feeling, trying to fill this void with drugs and alcohol and women. It would never fill. And when I got saved, God gave me my GED. He sent me to college. He gave me a career. He gave me my wife. First time I've ever prayed was for her. I never even read the Bible before then at 27. And most importantly, he gave me purpose. Because God knows when you have purpose, let me put it this way, when purpose is discovered, a leader is born. And when you're leading, you, got, you don't have time to think about what you've been through and how you went through it and how everybody did you dirty and how everything didn't go right for you because you got purpose in store. You got something to go after. Again, vision is what can be. Sight is what is. God gives a leader vision for his purpose. Someone say amen. I got involved in the church. I became a youth pastor. I spent... Four hours is every Saturday for five years, picking up youth for four hours from Edina to Rogers with no resources. We raised that ministry from three youth to 50 and started traveling the country doing praise and worship dances and hip-hop dances. Matter of fact, quick plug, my wife's about to start her African hip-hop aerobics class coming up in Robinsonville, uh, Robinsondale. We'll get the information out. It's coming this March. All right, guys, give me three seconds, about three more minutes, and I'm going to get out y'all way. Because it's e the reason why God was able to do that is because it's easier to move a car or steer a car while it's moving. It's easier to steer a car while it's moving. So as I was going after God's business, which is his people, he was coming after my business, which is my life. God has a purpose for each and every person in this room. Every person, every created, God puts in them purpose called potential. I'm going to say that one more time. Every person in this room has a purpose, something to fulfill before you expire that only you can do. As far back as the attorney is in the past, as far as attorney is in the future. And it's up to you to put your potential, your seed, in the right environment for it to grow. And I don't know any other place than the house of God. I got involved with the church. I started serving in the church. And in the process of that, I found purpose. I'm going to weigh in this morning. I'm going to close on this. Pastor was preaching about this last week about Peter. And, and Jesus kept asking him, do you love me? Now, keep in mind, keep in mind, Peter just denied God. Now, you might say, well, I wouldn't have done that. Well, I beg to differ. I was talking to the disciples just yesterday. Now, think about this. You see your homie, right? All right, you, you got it. You got the juice, Jesus. You say you can bring multitudes of, of angels to come handle your business for you, all right? So they came after him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Peter tried to cut dude's head off. He wasn't trying to cut his ear, know that. He was trying to cut his head off. What would you do if you were thinking the whole time, the whole purpose was you to take over the Roman Empire? And then Jesus come along like, all right, go ahead and take me, bro. Where are we going? Oh, let me put your ear back on. I'm like, bro, you just put his ear back on? You going to let them take you? 
You're going to let them beat you up like that and stomp you out? You're going to let them pull the beard out of your face, bro? Now, nah, that's you right there. You go ahead and do that. Now, I beg to differ for anybody to question Peter's motives. But what Peter did is he forgave. Say, Peter asked for forgiveness. When, when the next time he ended up talking to Jesus was when Jesus came and talked to him and said, Peter, do you love me? He said, you know I love you, Jesus. Well, he said, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me a second time? He said, God, you know what's up? I love you. To take care of my sheep. All right, Jesus, one more time. Do you love me? You know that I love you. And what I, God was saying to me on my way in this morning is that the thing that Jesus knew is that he had to give Peter purpose so he could let go of the past of the pain. I don't think y'all getting it. Jesus himself knew he had to give Peter purpose so he wouldn't beat himself up for betraying the king of kings, for betraying the Lord of lords when he told him, you're going to do it. Peter like, nah, bro, I ain't going to do that. He told him that this is written, that my sheep will be scattered. Because sometimes, sometimes only you can do what God has called you to do. Sometimes you can't bring people with you into the purpose God has in store for you. Can I get an amen on that? Sometimes it's only you that's going to do what God has called you to do. And if Jesus had to do it, come on, y'all. If Jesus, the God, the King of Kings, had to do it, how much more do we need to do? So I beseech thee, brethren, I speak to you from my heart. I speak to you from my soul and from my spirit. If you're holding on to anything, any type of unforgiveness from your spouse, from somebody that did you dirty 30 years ago, from your mom that didn't know how to do be a mom, from your dad that wasn't there, from your siblings that hated on you your whole life, I ask you this morning to let it go. Because your life, listen guys, your life depends on it. Everyone you're attached to, life depends on it. Your children's 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 children, life depends on it. So now the question is, will you ask him? Will you ask him for unforgive? Will you ask him to forgive you for holding on to unforgiveness? Because it's killing you. It's killing you physically, mentally, emotionally. It's killing you also spiritually. And God is here today. As I'm ministering publicly, the Holy Spirit's walking up in every down, every aisle, ministering privately to you and your situation. And all you got to do is ask. You, do, you can tell him, Lord, I don't like that dude. I don't want to be around that person. I need your help. And it is his job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to comfort you and to teach you and to bring you in all truth. So let's go ahead and stand up. I'm going to call up the OG testimony. And if you're believing in God today to change your life, to change your destiny, to change your walk, to change your thoughts, to change your mind, all you got to do is release what the enemy wants you to hold on to because it's killing you from the inside out. Thanks for that introduction. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I just want to add one little piece to it. 
and that is some of you need to forgive yourselves when I was 19 my boyfriend died in my arms and because I had a bruise on my eye and because his head fell on my cheek and it bruised they locked me up and they interrogated me all night but I could care less because I thought I was the scum of the earth that night I mean I was already strung out on heroin cocaine but he died on my watch and that should not have happened some of you need to forgive yourselves because this stuff don't just go away this stuff is deep down deep down it follows you it follows you into your next relationship you've given somebody grief for something they didn't do First, I want to do this. Bow your heads. If you're here today, the first step, the very first step is to be right with God. Amen. To make sure that you have a clean heart. And so I'm just going to ask if you're here today and you say, if Jesus came back tonight, I'm not sure that I'm right. We're going to fix that. So if that's you today, just slip up your hand. I want to be right. Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. Amen. Those of you that lifted your hands, just come and gather right here. Try to space yourselves. This is awful. But God is doing something deeper here. working inside of each one of you so do we have cards for these I know there's people here that need to forgive somebody that you might feel hurt you that did things to you that should never be done to you. Things we can't even talk about. To move forward, this is what we have to do. We gotta get rid of whatever that is. We carry it like a badge. We carry it like it's our middle name. It has to stop so that you can live. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to make a show of faith to lay something at this altar. I'm going to ask you to just space yourself behind them. As much as you're willing to give up, God's willing to take it. 
but sometimes it's a process and 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 as I look at it like dirty bottle caps and you know it, 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 dirty bottle caps are nothing but it's all I got and so I'm gonna keep my caps but when you begin to trust God okay you can have three of them and he blesses you and so now you want to give him more all right you can have five of them and he blesses you and you're like okay i think i'm getting how this works it's a process but you get to the place where you say i don't want to live like this anymore take it all created me a clean heart so let's do this pray after me lord jesus Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my unforgiveness. Help me to forgive those who hurt me. And help me to forgive myself. There are no weapons formed against me that will prosper. And I thank you for dying on the cross and resurrecting so that I could have life. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I lift up all the unforgiveness, Lord, all the bitterness, God, all the, what I call cancer to your soul. Father, I pray as they give it to you, Lord, that you would be there to receive it. Father, right now, just sweep through here as they give it to you, Lord. God is doing something new. Forget about the past. Forget about what God did last year. Forget about what he did last week. Today is the day. Amen. Amen. If you want additional prayer, just remain at the altar and we'll pray for you. If you have strongholds that you want broken off of you, stay at the altar. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Father, you do it. In Jesus.